Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We ask the Lord for your good will right now to be revealed through your word. Open our eyes. Grant us revelation. Grant us understanding. Impart our life. Transform, O God of glory, our understanding and grant us, God of glory, absolute wisdom to work out that, O Lord, God of glory, the understanding of that which we are going to receive, that God will stand strong before you continually, giving you the thanks and the praises that he due you as we are continuously lifted up because you told us in your word, if you have been lifted up, you will draw a man unto yourself. We believe, Lord, you will do this as we lift up your name, even through this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right. So we continue, like I said, with our subject on Save by His Life. And uh, our main test is Romans 5, verse number 10. Romans 5, verse number 10. Glory to God. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We shall be saved by his life. Praise God. And that is very important, you understand that. We shall be saved by his life. By implication, remember, I says life or, or salvation or being saved Salvation, as it were, is from the Greek word sozo, and it speaks of all reigns, if you will. Deliverance from sicknesses, from pain, whatever the case may be. Being saved is all encompassing. From poverty, if you will, is all encompassing. That's what it means to be saved. And the Bible is telling us his life is what brings that to be. By implication, as we receive his life, in every aspect of our life, there was supposed to be bondages and tractions, whatever the case may be. The Lord would begin to deliver us from them all. Amen? Alright. And on Friday we read a powerful scripture and the Lord was whispering it to me. I have to look at it again this morning, which is John chapter 1 verse number 1 and to 4. As a matter of 5 to number 5. So, the King James simply says, on the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I need it together because very important. I, I think I've done something I mean, this subject some time ago with you, which has to do with Genesis chapter 1. We may probably revise it again. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the word. What is the beginning? Christ. God has no beginning. You got to understand that. Is that okay? So Genesis 1.1 is the same thing as John chapter 1 verse number 1. In the beginning God created. Remember at the beginning? God said let there be light. When he starts saying all of those things. God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning God. Everything was created in Christ. So what's the beginning? Christ. 
Is that okay? Alright, verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. Okay. And I want you to go down. Remember, the life, we are saved by his life. And that life is light. Is that okay? So, quickly go with me. Let's read this from, maybe the Amplified Translation. Amplified Translation. In the beginning, before time, was the word Christ. And the world was made, I mean, was with God. And the world was God himself. And the verse 2. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that's come into being. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Christ was life. We are saved by his life. And that life is the light of men. That is to say, when you receive his life, you receive light. You walk in light. Are you following what I'm saying now? So that if even if there is darkness, which could be poverty, could be, you know, when you look at Isaiah chapter 5, time is for to read it. I mean, chapter 45. It talks about God made all things, even that which seems to be darkness. He created darkness and he created light. So when, when you enter into light, which has to do with his life, even the darkness being created cannot affect you. And so verse number 5, look at verse 5. And the light shines in darkness, or in the darkness, in the darkness, for the darkness had never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is irreceptive to it. The life of Christ in us, which is the light, is not receptive to darkness. Praise the living God. So whatever forms of darkness that you can imagine, the life we have is not receptive to it. In other words, the life, I mean the darkness cannot penetrate that light that we carry. I make you say that we get that to the book of book of Luke in relation to Adam. You gotta understand that the darkness that was around Eden could not comprehend Adam. That's why I went to the wife. I will explain that to you. Praise the living God. We cannot comprehend it. Don't understand it. Okay. Read it from the NLT. Just verse number five. NLT. The light shines in darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Comprehend. Understand. Extinguish it. The light cannot put it out. I want you to get this. By implication, the devil can't get hold of you. You walk in the light. 
That's a difficult and a hard statement. But I'm saying the devil, listen, you only can give yourself over to the devil. The devil can't get hold of you. That's why it was difficult for the devil to get hold of Job. And the devil confessed it. Have you not made a light, a glory, a wall of fire around Job? How can I penetrate that light? The devil can't get hold of you. The devil can't comprehend it. You alone can't give yourself to the devil. The devil can't. The devil walks in darkness, you walk in the light. And guess what? Anywhere there is light, the power of darkness disappears. If you come here in the night now, even, even if you put on this light, you're still going to find some shadow here and there, which speaks of darkness. But once you switch on the light in its fullness, what happens? Darkness disappears. All you need to do to turn away darkness is to switch on the light. Praise God. You don't fight light. I keep telling people, you don't need to fight the devil. Switch on the light and the devil disappears. Because the devil walks only in darkness. He doesn't walk in the light. So switch on the light. Receive the word. Understand the word. Believe the word. Speak the word. Create light. The devil disappears. I don't know if you are getting this. You don't forget the temptation of Jesus. In the wilderness. What did Jesus use? In turning the devil down. In rebuking and putting the devil where he belongs. The word. You didn't see Jesus start praying and fasting and praying. He wasn't fasting and praying because of the devil. Hallelujah. He wasn't binding anything because of the devil. You have people talking about binding and losing. From Matthew chapter 18. Binding and losing chapter 18 have nothing to do with binding the devil. You got to understand that. We have conferences of binding and losing the devil. And alleging it to be in the case of Matthew chapter 18. A fine time to teach you properly. So they understand what Jesus was saying there. He wasn't talking about the devil. He simply made a statement. If you have a brother who offend you, go and reconcile. If you refuse, take two brothers. If you refuse, tell it to the church. If you refuse, throw him out as a heathen. For whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. What he was saying, I'm giving the church authority. Anyone you excommunicate, is excommunicated in heaven. Nothing to do with the devil. All you need to get the devil out of your way, switch on the lights. Hallelujah. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? Understand who you are. Understand that you are light and the devil can comprehend the light that you are. Except you're not walking in the lights. Except you're falling out of the way. Except you're not connected to the life that he has brought forth unto us. By his life, we are saved. Anytime, anywhere. Praise God. Go with me to 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11. And this is, this is the record that God has given to us. Eternal life. And this life is where? In his son. We got eternal life. We don't have life. We have eternal life. This is not suke. This is zoe. Hmm? Zoe life, which is the very life of God. 
The Son has given us the Zoe life, which is the very life of God. That is why we have God children. Hallelujah. Look at verse 12. He that hath the Son has life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And that word life there, like I said, is Zoe. Which means lifetime, life for all times. It's an eternal life. It's a continuous life. You have it now and it continues. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. It means to live. And I want you to get that. Zoe life is the life that enables you to live. Right here. So that even the world is full of darkness, it can't comprehend the Zoe life that you carry. Jesus said, The prince of the world cometh, but he shall find not in me. I don't, I don't know if you're getting that. Be of good cheer, for have what? Overcome the world. How did he overcome the world? He got life. Amen. Look at me, John 10, verse number 10. And this is another confusing thing that I will take time to explain to you. But those of you who follow me on Facebook, I've already dealt with this. The thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life, and that they may have it more what abundantly. Now what thief is he talking about? This is not talking about the devil. You read through the picture. I mean, the whole of that passage in John chapter 10, if you really want to get a good meaning of this chapter, you go back to chapter 9 and begin to read that. Jesus was speaking to religious people. He was speaking about the Pharisees. As a matter of fact, he said, all that came before me, they are thieves and robbers. Have you read that? Verse number 8. All that came before me, they are thieves and robbers. And that includes Moses. Why? Because Moses' ministry ends in death. They can't give you life. Nobody. Zoroaster, Hinduism, Mohammedanism, all of them that came before Jesus. They are thieves and robbers. What does thief do? He takes what belongs to you. They can give you life. No religion outside of Jesus can give life. All of the ends and deaths. So they are thieves. They came to steal your life. And so when you are in a ministry where life is not taught, where everything that is taught to you is death and poverty and sickness, they are the thieves he's talking about. Not the devil. Hallelujah. And this may surprise you. If you go to visit, I'm sure you'll be able to see that. All that came before me, they are thieves and robbers. Because the ministry can't give life. The Baha'i faith, the gray message. Name any of those things. The Ekanka, name any of them. All of those religious movements, they are thieves and robbers because they can't give you life. Only one religion, which is not a religion. One movement, which is not a movement. One life ministration, 
And that is Jesus Christ. Is the only one that can give life. Every other ministration gives death. That's why they are thieves. I don't know if you are getting that. When, when, when Jesus said, oh, that came before me, are thieves and robbers. You begin to wonder, what about Noah? What about, what about Abel? They never gave life to anybody. Never gave life. Even the blood of Abel. How many of you understand what the blood of Abel was crying for? The Bible said the blood of Abel is crying for vengeance. They don't give life. Are you done with me? But I have come that you may have life. That life that they can't give to you. That the religious people can't give. The Pharisees can't give to you. I have come that you may have it. And to have it more abundantly. Super supply. Hallelujah. Overflowing supply of life. Praise God. The word abundantly here is actually perisous. In the sense of beyond, super abundant, in quantity or in superiority of quality, I came to give you quality life. Glory to God. Not just life, but quality life. Superior life than any other life anybody can provide for you. Hallelujah. By implication, excessive, exceedingly, abundantly, above, more abundantly. So God intends you to live in an abundant life. And this life we're talking about is not comprehended by the enemy, by any form of darkness. So what's, what's going on? I expect you and I believe you to be, be hurt and to be strong and to be financially buoyant. The Bible says you've got to live an abundant life. The abundant life is not just the Zoe life alone, sitting there on your inside. No, it has to manifest on the outside. Jesus was not a poor man. Hallelujah. He is our example in everything. The Bible says in all things, he must have the prayer minutes. When he walked the earth, he walked in heads. Hallelujah. Praise God. No, we have to come to that place to believe what God is saying in His Word, because that's the only thing that opened the door to the spirit and the supernatural. The number one told me, apart from Apostle Paul, that we're made to understand, he recommended wine to Timothy, said for your stomach's sake. I never hear of any of the apostles that were sick anyway. Any of the apostles that follow Jesus. I didn't see any record yet where one of them was sick and they have to go and pray for them. They went to pray for Peter's mother-in-law. And that tells her that Peter was married. Is that okay? And then when he say, for your stomach's sake. And people think, that, that's not, that's an excuse to drink wine. People take that to be an excuse for whining. For becoming drunk. No, 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 no. Listen. The area where Timothy was ministering in, the water in that place was salty. And so when Timothy was taking this water, it was giving him problem. And so he said, no, instead of you continue drinking that water, take little wine in place of that salty water that's giving you stomach problem. It was medicinal. He didn't say satisfy your, your alcoholic appetite with wine. But take this as medicine to heal your stomach that you're suffering from because of what? The salty water. I remember, I don't know if that's true, but 
There was a missionary I sponsored when I was working to Togo. And he came back and was telling me, hey, my brother, you hardly can get, in fact, everybody there, they drink a lot. That's what he was telling me. That most times they use beer for almost everything they do. I don't know whether because the water there is salty or something, but that's exactly what he told me. And of course, himself ended up drinking the beer too because you can help it. It's for your stomach's sake. Not because, are you getting what I'm talking about? Praise God. So what am I trying to say? It's come to give us abundant life. A super abundant supply of life in all things. Can I tell you something? Look into your business. Begin to see supply in your business. Begin to see an overflow in whatever thing you're doing. The life will flow from you. Jesus walked the earth. And in matter of fact, he walked in a garment that was without sin. The garment he wore, no sin. That means it was woven, tapestry. And such garment then were very expensive. So he wore the most expensive garment. Praise God, somebody. He is our senior brother. He must have preeminence in everything if he wore the super, superior quality material in his days. Man, we are not going to go do bend down to pick our clothes. Praise God. It's like somebody understood what I said. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we're going to get out of that. Amen. Yes, we could do that once in a while, but we've got to get out of that. And don't let anybody talk you down if you have the money to buy quality stuff. Live it. It's an abundant life. Somebody will say, well, Pastor, what you preaching is prosperity message. Okay. I don't want to preach poverty message. So what happens? You can make a choice of what you want to preach. Live well. What did I say? Live well. It's an abundant life. Are you still following what I'm talking about? Come on now. Look at the word here. That you may have life more abundantly. More, more abundantly. Super supply. Exceedingly abundantly. He's not talking about a major abundant that which overflows. And the life in you causes that to happen. That's why you see when, when Jacob could touch the works of, of, of Laban, things sprang up. Why? Because it was a covenant seed. There was life of the covenant of his father that was working in his life. Hallelujah. By a matter of fact, even Abraham in the Old Testament Bible men also understand it was great in gold and silver and in cattle. Huh? So much so that his own cattle had no space to be without of lot. They have to divide the land. When he was going to war, he came with 300 servants or 360 servants of his own people. That means it, I, I can imagine how many cattle that were being killed every day to feed the family of Abraham. And if Abraham is our father, 
if Abraham is her father. <laughs> hey, the prodigal says, I must go back to my father's house. We need to start thinking back anyway. We're talking about abundant life. And I'm saying you can have it. I'm saying you have it. I'm saying you got to live it out. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. Whew. The life is the light of man. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot extinguish it. Now let me show you the mystery here. Luke chapter 3 verse 38. Hmm. Hallelujah. Luke 3 verse 38. He said, which was the son of Enos? Which was the son of Seth? Which was the son of Adam? Which was who? Son of God. Adam was the son of God. That means he had this way life initially, in quotes. He had a kind of the life of God resident in him. Adam was a light being. Now there's something I want you to understand. I'm coming to it now. Look with me. 1 Timothy 2, verse 14 and 15. 1 Timothy 2. And I was not deceived. Praise God, somebody. But the woman being deceived was what? In the transgression. Adam was not deceived. Adam was the son of God. He got light in him. He was not deceived. He was a light being. Therefore, the darkness of deception could not comprehend Adam because of who he was. Are you getting the meaning? He was a light being. He said the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Adam was a light being in the garden originally. Amen. Praise God somebody. And the darkness could not comprehend Adam. Therefore, Adam was not deceived. Why? He was the son of God. So when Jesus was tempted, he could not be deceived. Why? Because he was the son of God. God said, this my beloved son. It is as good God said that, that the devil took him to be tempted. In fact, the spirit led him, not the devil. The spirit led him to be tempted of the devil. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? And so he said, yeah, he could not be deceived. So Jesus himself could not be deceived. When he said, if thou be the son of God. Can you imagine that? That is the only temptation that always comes to you. It comes to test your reliability in God. It comes to test your sonship. It comes to test all that you have received from God. If God has said you are a son, you have this life. He comes to tempt you. When you are deceived, darkness out of our common your, your life, and I mean, I've come to comprehend the life or extinguish that life. So, eventually, now you've got to ask me, okay, why then did Adam fall? For those of us who are least constant here in these meetings, I've explained that before. You remember that Adam was not deceived, Adam willfully followed the wife. It's the wife that ate and gave to the man. If the man has rejected to eat the fruit, the woman alone will have been in trouble and sent out of the garden. Then Jesus would have died for his church. Did you get that? Adam followed the woman in death. Jesus followed the church 
and died. That's the mystery of why Adam have to leave the garden. And by the time Adam partaken of the fruit, God have to send him out, or otherwise he will partake of the tree of life. And what is that supposed to mean? He will not live forever in a fallen state that made death living continuously and perpetually upon humankind or mankind. So God said, no, go out of the garden so they not touch the tree of life for our own good that he sent them out of the garden. It was not even punishment, in quote. It was only a discipline. And to separate him from the tree of life so that we don't partake of that tree and live in this kind of decaying body. How many of you understand? There's a life God has for us and immortality is coming upon this body. Paul was praying and crying. I wait for 2 Corinthians 5 that can be clothed with my house from heaven. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting for. That's what God has promised his people. Praise God, somebody. Is anybody getting this? Let's take a look at that. Second Corinthians 5. Verse number 1. Let us see. For, take it from a simpler translation, maybe NLT. For we know that when this earthly house or tent we live in is broken down, that is, when we die and leave the earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made, I mean an eternal body made for us by God himself, not human hand. Eternal body, not mansion. Get the picture right. Is that okay? How many of you know that you're dwelling in a house right now? Good. So what he's talking about is you're going to get another house. Not house made from the earth. Okay, read it on. And he says, We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Praise God, somebody. Look at the next thing. For when we put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirit without bodies. Did you get that? When you drop this flesh, you are not going to be floating around like, like witches and wizards. Is that okay? God is going to give you another body. And that is a kind of body that Jesus came forth with from the grave. When he walked through the walls, doors were shut, everybody afraid. And Jesus walked into their midst. And he said, no, you could be, you are a ghost. He said, I'm not a ghost. Touch my hands and touch my side. It's me. He had another body, a body of glory. Is anybody understanding this? This is the same body that Moses and Elijah appeared with on the matter of transfiguration. He demonstrated that in Matthew 17. When the glory came, the Bible said, ah, they saw him like the morning sun, glowing the noonday sun, very bright and glory. Every part of his body, even his clothes, took on immortality. Hallelujah! This is a body. Is anybody following this? This is what I'm born not like. Give me Colossians chapter 3. Very quickly. Hallelujah. Colossians 3, read from verse number 1. Since you have been raised. No, give me King James here. Since you have been raised, or if you have been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ 
seated at the right hand of God. Seek the things above. What are those things above? Not mansion. Just go ahead. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is lived with Christ in God. That's the next verse. When Christ, who is Christ? Christ is the Son of God. Mighty 16. He got the revelation. I'm, Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? Say, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. When Christ, the Son of the living God, resident in our life, shall appear, then shall we appear within what? In glory. So we put on the same body that was shown on the mount of transfiguration because that is our life. Is it making sense to you? <laughs> when Christ, the Son of God, who is within us, who is now our life, shall appear, then shall we, with this body, appear with him in glory. So, when you die, you take up another body. And it's called the body of glory. And with that body, you can appear and disappear. You can come in and go in. You can go in and come out. Whichever way you want to pull that. That is a body that represents Jacob's ladder. When the Bible says angels appear and disappear, ascending and descending. We are descend, we appear. We appear, we descend. Whichever way you want to put that. Is anybody following that? For he that descended is also he that what ascended. Glory to God. We're talking about moving into the spirit and coming out of the spirit through Christ. Christ being the ladder that Jacob saw in Genesis 28. He was the ladder that reached up to heaven to God. So through him you can get into God and come out of God. You can go into the spirit and come out of spirit. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? That's why he told Mary, hey, you can't touch me now. For I have not yet ascended to my father and to your father. Amen? Why? He got a new body. And I said, high priest must go present the blood. And he moved into the most holy place and came out of the most holy place. And that is the kind of life. Let me tell you something. You really walk into the spirit, you can move in and out. Listen, don't let those occult people fool you in thinking that if you're doing that, you are practicing witchcraft. People teach you, oh, if you do that, no, 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 no. You can do it. It is your life. Hallelujah. They just try to wall that Christianity down, lower it to an earthly dimension alone. And then you see these Ekanka people. They talk about astral travel, astral projection. Have you heard that before? Yeah. You can talk about astral travel, astral projection in the church. They say, no, that's occult. That's cultism. They know nothing about the word of God. You can move in and out. You can. If you choose now to stop being a Christian and go join any of those cults, what is going to happen to you? You begin to have some spiritual experiences. You can literally begin to do the astral travel. 
But for church, you can't do it. Because that's demonic. So you tell me, does the devil have anything original? No. Everything the devil is giving to people is copying what is the reality. Hallelujah. Praise God. I read the story of a man. He was in a meeting. And as a matter of fact, he was a guest of a family, Christian family. And then they went to eat. And they asked him to pray. As soon as he opened his mouth to pray, he was caught up in the spirit. He just squeezed up, fell from his chair, and was on the floor. He was there for almost about 30 minutes. And he came out. He saw a vision. The next day, they got a report. You visited us. Somebody was sick. And while he was praying, he was praying for that individual. And the person literally saw him, so they thought he traveled down to their location. And he said, you were here yesterday, I know that. And the man said, I've never been there. His spirit went there. How many of you remember what Elijah, Elijah, Elijah told Elijah? So when you went to collect those things from Naaman, did my spirit not go with you? Have you read that? That is Old Testament. My spirit went with you and I saw you collecting those things. Even though I'm sitting here, I went down with you. Praise God. For you, that is demonic. But I'm saying that's a reality of God's word. We got to grow. Hallelujah. The life is a life that darkness cannot comprehend. We move beyond the realms of boundaries and shackles and bondages and slavery to earthly realm. We move beyond all of that. The quickest way some of you have experienced some of this thing is when you have dreams. That's lower level. Have you ever had a dream you went to your village once? And literally you saw things when you went to your village. Have you heard that before? Hallelujah. Yeah, that was your spirit moving out. That was a journey you embarked on in the spirit. Your subconscious mind was at work. Hallelujah. When your consciousness was silent because your perception was reduced, you went somewhere. When you came back, it says you dream. Your spirit traveled. You won't understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. And this is how children of God ought to walk. This is how they ought to live their lives. Hallelujah. So they don't be having dreams of eating and drinking alone. No, 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 no. Huh? You were in a dream and then you ate. They gave you a boo. You ate and uh, the next day you're coming for deliverance. No, no, no. Don't need to do that. If you ate a lot of apple, your stomach is full already. Drink water in the morning. And say, thank you, Jesus. That's breakfast. Hallelujah. Are you still here with me? So, what are we saying? We know that the devil cannot deceive Adam because it was a light being. Because it was walking in the light and darkness could not comprehend it. Let's take our final scripture. Isaiah 60. Everybody knows this before. That's number one. Isaiah 60. Glory to God. Am I helping anybody this morning? I want you to walk as children of God. I want you to walk as those born of the spirit. I want you to walk as citizens of heaven on the earth. Hallelujah. Isaiah 60 verse 1. 
Arise. I am telling somebody to wake up. Get up. Glory to God. No, stop in a slumbering state. Stop in a sleeping state. Wake up. Like child of God. You have the life of God. You have the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Shine. It is the end. It's a command. Arise. Shine. It didn't say arise and shine. That's the way they print it on papers. That's not scripture. Arise is a command. You were sleeping before. Say, arise. Shine. Are you getting that? When you wake up, the next thing was shine. Why? Because you have the light in you already. For the light is come. What has come? Your light. The life was the light of men. The light is come. Jesus is come. Christ is come. Are you getting that? And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Don't wait now. Arise. Shine. For the light is come. And the glory of the Lord. Who is the glory of the Lord? Hebrews 1 chapter 3. Jesus Christ is the glory of the Lord. How many of you understand that? Glory to God. Oh glory. Arise shine. For the light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen well upon you. Mm-hmm. Verse 2. For behold. For look. <laughs> look around you. Darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, not just darkness, gross darkness shall cover the earth. But, everybody say but. It's a change of state. When you say but, something is about to happen. But, the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Hallelujah. The glory shall be seen upon you. You can't be hidden anymore. You can't be in obscurity anymore. No man can hide you anymore. Hallelujah. Arise. Praise God. Are you still here? This is what, this is prophetic of the coming of Jesus Christ. It's one of the strongest, most powerful kingdom passages in the Bible. If Christ is your life and is the Lord glory, the Bible says come upon you. If darkness covers the earth, if sickness covers the earth, if injustice in any manner covers the earth, Whatever darkness is that represents. But the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And you can no longer be in darkness. You have to arise. You have to awake. Oh, look at verse 3. Something is going to happen. 
when you begin to shine, when you begin to walk. What happened in verse 3? And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and the kings to the brightness of the rising. The Gentiles, men of the world, they shall come to the light. Men in darkness will seek you. Man, time is coming. Look at what happened to Joseph. His brothers came and they bowed down to him. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Even those you know before, before you become a Christian, they're going to come back to you by reason of this light. Hallelujah. They are not just coming back to you. They are going to bring the resources to you. Because God is going to open for you the treasures of darkness. That's the riches of darkness will come to you. Man, I need to open you up that you begin to find favor in the sight of man. Jesus lived his life by reason of what people donated to him. He was light and he was the light of the world. And men were walking towards the light of the world. Men were providing things for him. Even his own grave was brought by somebody else. You got to come to that place where men begin to meet your needs. Hallelujah. God will bless you, but he's going to use men to bless you. Now I'm saying the light needs to be opened up right now. Hallelujah. Men don't have to see you and be seeing darkness. When they see light, they're going to migrate towards light. And they're not coming with empty hand. They're coming because kings shall arise and come to the brightness of the rising. They will come with resources. See what happened to Solomon? That the queen of Sheba came. And when he came, when she came there, what happened? She came with resources. Because you can't go to the king with empty hands. And the Gentiles are not going to come to you with empty hands. Your light will be so strong. Hallelujah. The brightness will be so glorious. Men are going to be calling you on the phone. And saying, the Lord asked me to do this for you. The Lord asked me to do this for you. The Lord asked me to take away your burden. The Lord asked me to take away your debt. The Lord asked me to pay up your debt. The Lord asked me to pay your rent. The Lord asked me, come and stand up somebody. It's about time I'm opening you up right now. With this message, you open up yourself and God is going to start visiting you without delay. I am saying the time has come. And now is the time. Every bit of your darkness is over. Every bit of that which covered you is over. Men are going to locate you. Men are going to locate you. Your light is about shining brighter and brighter and brighter. And kings are coming your way. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Come on, give thanks to the Father. Just give him praise. Just give him praise. Just give him praise. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.